Hey guys, I'm Caroline. And I'm Natalie. And we're Easily Distracted, a weekly podcast where no topic is too off-topic. This week's episode is all about cocktails and everything drink-related. Let's dive in. So we decided to kind of change up our formatting a little bit. And so this week we're going to have some new little segments We're going to continue with our usual, like, what's been distracting us, just our normal chit-chatting at the beginning of the episode. Then we're going to dive into a little bit of, like, what you've missed this week, which is about, like, news, books, movies, things that are coming out, and, like, some, like, previous news of the past week. Not intense news, just, like, fun little tidbits that you might have missed. Keeping it light and fun here. Of course, of course. And then we're still going to do a deep dive on an interesting topic, And then after that, we're going to go into a hot take where we go over a either like a listener submitted question. Something that's been rattling around in our brains, maybe. Yeah. Just a random thing. So we're going to try out that new format and let us know if you like it. So to kick us off on the Noor format, (laughs) (laughs) to kick us off on the new format we have drinks to yes. accompany us today. So I am drinking. Well, actually, no. Natalie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a jalapeno margarita, which is my go-to drink. That is your go-to. Yeah, all the time. I love a spicy margarita. But my margarita mix has been sitting in the fridge for, honestly, God knows how long. And so <laughs> He doesn't even know. No. So I took a couple sips and I think it tastes normal, but I may or may not drink it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see throughout the episode if Natalie suddenly throws up from spoiled (laughs) margarita mix. Well, okay. So I was like trying to Google it and the answers were like kind of wild. Like, of course, I think it was like the FDA answer was like two weeks is how long or how long an opened margarita pre-made margarita mix can last. But then I saw, like, another, like, food safety website that said six to nine months, which I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. That's not what I would think. No. So, I don't know. And also, to this is so gross. But to be honest, I don't even know if this is beyond six to nine months old or not. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are obviously drinking very often. No, we almost never drink. Is it a jalapeno margarita mix or you added jalapenos into it? No, it's a just a normal margarita mix. And then I have jalapeno tequila that I used. Oh, I was wondering yeah. where the jalapeno came from. Wait, jalapeno tequila? That sounds good. It is really good. I got it from Whole Foods, I think. Oh. So. Wait, your Whole Foods sells alcohol? Yeah. We don't have alcohol in our grocery stores. Well, I mean, we have wine and beer, but not hard liquor. So what are you drinking? So I'm drinking, I don't even know what to call it. So I'm just going to call it like a lavender lemonade. Because, yeah. So I made a lavender simple syrup with our mom when she was visiting a couple weeks ago. So I've had it and I've just been like pouring it into some drinks that I've had. And so we made this. It is... The lavender simple syrup, lemon juice, vodka, and honey. And that's it. Nice. That sounds really good. It is 
delish. I added a little bit. I had um, this like elderflower and lemon little like carbonated soda from Trader Joe's. So I mm-hmm. topped it off because it was very vodka-y. It was giving <laughs> two shots of vodka. Do you remember that vine? Yeah, where it's like glug, 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 glug. It was yeah, it was giving that. So I was like, I need to add something else into this. So I just like did a little splash of that. Delish. Ten out of ten. Nice. Well, cheers, my sis. Cheers, baby. Brother. Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. So what have you been up to? A whole bunch of nothing. Well, because I don't I forget if we talked about it in the last episode, but I was in a wedding. Not this past weekend, but the one before. I think last episode, you were saying that you were going to the wedding. Oh, yes. Okay. So it happened. The wedding complete. And I was in the wedding. So it was a very fun weekend, but very long, obviously. I was exhausted. Yeah, and the drive always a lot. Yeah, it's very tiring. It was a lot of fun, though. And we drove down to Charleston from D.C. So it took... On the way down there, probably about nine hours. It's supposed to take about like 7.45 to 8, but we stopped a couple times, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the way back, though, 10 and a half hours. It was brutal. Yeah, I was texting you so much and I was like, are you there yet? Did you make it? Are you there? And literally, you'd be like, nope, still got two hours left. And I was like, still got I'm two hours left in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> we were in South Carolina for so fucking long. I was like, this isn't even a big state. And I'm, I can't get out of here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it was just because there was so much construction. So it took forever. Like yeah. we were literally in construction, like sitting in traffic, maybe an hour and a half. Okay, that was actually Jeez. an exaggeration. Probably an hour, but still, it added yeah, an hour. Yeah, I mean, that's still not nothing. Yeah, it was terrible. But so that happened. And so since then, because I spent, one, a lot of money that weekend. And two, it was just exhausting. It was four days of, like, nonstop doing stuff. So I've done nothing. And nice. it's been <laughs> wonderful. It's been amazing. I've done nothing. Like, this past weekend, we – oh, also big news – like I said in the last episode, I got my Switch. So I've been playing yes. a lot of Switch games. We played so much of It Takes Two this past weekend. Nice. Yeah, I loved playing that game. It was so fun. It is. Wait, did you finish it? I can't remember if you guys finished it. Yeah, we finished it. Oh, okay. I can't remember when, but a, a little while ago, maybe like six months ago. Well, because I feel like when we played it, when I came and visited you in this in summer, past summer, yeah. you weren't done with it yet. Right? No, we hadn't finished it yet at that point. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, we finished it because it was like one of those games where we like would play it for a stretch and then we'd stop for a long time and then we'd like play it again. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it took us a while to finish, but it was so fun. That was like one of the best co-op games out there, yeah. I think. Would you say it's one of your top five games? Ooh, of all time? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh. <gasps> I honestly don't know if I could list a top five games. I could probably list my top five games because I haven't played that many. It's so just it's all the of games, the ones that you have. It's all of the games I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like Overwatch would be up there because I play Overwatch a lot. I really liked playing um, Amnesia. I don't um, know. I can't I've, think of games. I, I, I really like just play Overwatch a lot. Yeah. 
Sims. That's true. I play a lot of Sims. Yeah, you do play a lot of Sims. But here's too. the thing: I don't even like play Sims. No, you just I, like decorating. I build stuff in yeah. Sims. I don't play the Sims. You don't play the Sims. Call back. Okay, <laughs> never forget when we were younger, we had like one of the. I think it was the first Sims iteration, like the first. I think one. we had Sims one and two. Yeah, and. Natalie was we this is controversial among us about what was actually said but I was I I don't remember this (laughs) yes you do I was or I am three and a half years younger than Natalie so when you when were you you playing it I that's why I said I am um (laughs) um, you'll always be older than me (laughs) ew I know that sucks for you but um what was I saying oh yeah so you were probably like 12 or something playing it. And so I was like eight and a half at that point. And you were playing it and you put one of your Sims in like a more revealing outfit. And I remember your friend was there and I was just oh, like watching guys gosh. play Sims. And you <laughs> said that she was she looked sexy. You were like, this is a sexy outfit. And I told yeah. on you for saying sexy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you thought it was a bad word. Yeah, I thought it was a bad word to say sexy. And you were like, Natalie said a bad word. And mom was like, which one? And you were like, the S word. <laughs> mom probably thought I said shit. <laughs> yeah, she probably did. And we were like little kids at this point. Like, I don't even remember. You were probably. I was saying like you were probably 12 and I was probably like. Yeah. Eight-ish or that nine sounds or right. Yeah. So it was very scandalous to say a curse word at that point. It was. And let alone you telling mom. And then I remember there was another time where you told, I was singing along to that song Promiscuous. See, okay, that's what I was saying was controversial. I don't remember if you said sexy or promiscuous. And I think you said sexy. Well, I remember there was one time where I was singing along to the song Promiscuous. Oh, so it was and you twice told that I ratted mom. on you. Yes. And because literally you were, I was like, I'm just singing along to the song. How would you do it? And you were like singing the song and you would like go, mm, during Promiscuous. <laughs> And I was like, that's so weird. And then, like, you told mom. And mom did the same thing where she was like, which word did she say? And you were like, the P word. And mom was like, what? Penis. And, <laughs> and, um, and then you told her promiscuous. And then mom had to explain to you. She was like, it's not a bad word. It's just not a nice thing to call someone. <laughs> I probably had to have that explained to me a lot. Yeah, the difference between an insult and a curse word <laughs> yeah, yeah. was not clear in your little kid head. It wasn't. You know what? I don't blame myself. I was just being a little goody two-shoes, you know? You were just trying to be a nice person. I was. And you were <laughs> insulting your sim. Yes. Actually, you were complimenting her, calling her sexy. Yeah, exactly. Insulting. It was literally probably like a cami like it was probably oh like i can literally picture top. the exact outfit it was let me pull it up <laughs> wait because there was like one sexy no i'm just imagining it because there's like one oh, sexy they outfit had like, the yeah they had like pre-made outfits right yeah yeah um what is what is that called uh my google search history is gonna be weird <laughs> we can envision it it's okay there was like this one night yeah it was like this this is so funny this is like not even sexy yes wait it was that little like teddy nighty thing yeah that was the one on the screen it was going like while you were showing it it was doing like blue and pink and then blue and pink and i wonder if that's like the red the white dress versus blue dress phenomenon 
You no, it was that? a gif. <laughs> I thought it was just a picture. No, it was a gif scrolling through the different colors. Oh, I literally it's thought. Just, literally, the camera just like cannot pick it up. No, I was like, whoa, it's changing the way you hold it. <laughs> I literally was like, that's that's science. I was like, that's what the whole the whole oh dress thing was. <laughs> no. Oh my god. That's embarrassing. Moving on. There's there's these things called there's like images, but then there's also like gifts <gasps> that are images that change. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Never heard of that before. Learning something new. Welcome to our boomer podcast because apparently i'm a boomer (laughs) anywho oh so i wanted to tell you that i started watching a new tv show that my friend tara shout out tara recommended to me called the wilds oh have you watched that show on amazon prime yes i started it don't say anything because i only watched the first episode no i've only seen the first two episodes too because um i like when i was visiting laura my friend laura like Mm-hmm. two years ago or something whatever it was we so started has it watching been out that long it. yeah it's been out a while and so we started oh. watching it like the first two episodes maybe so i've seen like two episodes of it but that's it oh my gosh how did you not keep watching it after that i'm like already addicted i thought it was kind of cheesy okay it definitely gives off like cw vibes but i'm glad you like it yeah no it's really i think it's really interesting but yeah it definitely, especially I feel like the first episode, I mean, I've only watched like one and maybe a third episodes are King. Yeah. Really give off like CW vibes. Like mm-hmm. feels very pretty little liars or, um, yeah. Uh, what was the other show? Like secret life of the American teenager. Vampire feels very Diaries, like, like that. that kind of it's like yeah. teenager drama. Yeah. And I think I'm just like really not, I can't take myself out of that. And it just like mm. bothers me so much. So I, just i stopped yeah it. even it's though like I, the I've story was- yeah the story has me intrigued enough that i'm kind of like oh i can ignore this like yeah. dumb teenager drama yeah that makes sense but yeah it's good um the other thing i've been watching lately is lizzie mcguire remember when i said that it was like my plan to watch yes. lizzie mcguire well i'm following through i'm doing my plan oh my god <laughs> look at you crossing off goals 2023 my New Year's resolution. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Could you imagine? Watch Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> but yeah, I've been rewatching it. It's really good. It's like cozy. I watched it last night while I was like folding laundry and I was like, this is a perfect folding laundry TV show. It really is. How many episodes are there? I think like around 50. Oh, okay. I feel like it's not as many as we remember. Like I feel like... It's only like on... two or three seasons. Yeah, I feel like it was on for ever but it's probably just because it was all like reruns and oh my god there's two seasons but there's 65 wait is that right wait 65 episodes oh wow those are long seasons even for back then i was gonna say i guess disney shows though like hannah montana and sweet life of zach and cody they had long ass seasons yeah but for being such an iconic show like two seasons that's not that much. I know. That's why I was saying I felt like it was so much longer. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I I want to say Jesse is the Disney live action show that went on the longest. Was it? I have no idea. I think it's the longest. Yeah, it has 98 episodes. Jeez. 
Yeah, and it went on for four seasons. Four seasons is usually kind of like the max. Yeah, four seasons, 98 episodes. So there, that was like more normal, like 25-ish. And Wait, is that math? Yeah, 25-ish. Oh my god, that's so Raven had 100 episodes in four seasons. That makes sense. Classic. Let's see about Sweet Life. I feel like that was another one that went on for Wait, wait, wait. Let me take a guess. I think there were only three seasons of it and 50, like, six episodes because then they switched to Sweet Life on Deck. There was three seasons, but there was 87 episodes. Oh, oh I got that I think Sweet Life on Deck almost went as long. Yeah, three seasons and 71 episodes. Oh, my God. So they – quick, somebody calculate 70 plus 60. Quick, somebody do it. Is it me? Oh, I do You're the somebody. Right now. Uh, what was it? 70 plus 60? Something like that. Wait. What? <laughs> I think it was 78 and 87. Wait. No. What are you saying? 87 and 71. Oh. 87 plus 71. 158 episodes total of Sweet Damn. Show. <laughs> Okay, so this feature, or I mean this segment of our podcast, is going to be what you might have missed this week. So like Natalie said earlier, it's just like random news, books, movies that are coming out, little pieces of pop culture, you know, just anything that you might have missed that we have found interesting from the last week. So since we haven't done this yet, I did pull some that aren't strictly from this week, but from April, just because I was like, you know, we haven't done it yet. So there's some interesting things. So the first one, I'm very excited about this. So Emily Henry's book, Happy Place, is out April 25th, which when this comes out, that's going to be yesterday. But today, it's tomorrow. Whoa. (laughs) The future. The future. (laughs) What is it? SpongeBob when he goes, future. Or what does he do? Look at us like future or like no wait that might be him going photosynthesis. <laughs> Let me look it up. Oh, Grid word. That's me. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it was Squidward who said it. Oh, I thought it was SpongeBob. But anyway, so. Her book, Happy Place, is coming out April 25th, and I love Emily Henry. She's one of my favorite authors. She's written Beach Read, People We Meet on Vacation, and Book Lovers. So I don't think I've read uh, – I know I haven't read any of those, but I don't think I've read any of her books. Oh, really? Those are her I main need ones. To. She, yeah, she, read, or she wrote some other ones, but those are her main like rom-com kind of books that are super popular now. And I'm just going to say, I read Beach Read before it was popular when it first came out. Oh my God, a hipster. Yeah, I am actually. Thanks for asking. So <laughs> I love her books and Beach Read and Book Lovers were so good. And I didn't love People We Meet on Vacation, but I still love her style of writing. So her new book comes out April 25th. I think I've said that four times now. And so... <laughs> We just got to make sure everybody knows. April 25th, a.k.a. yesterday, people. So, yeah. You're already late to it. You're already late. Go read we it. We can't do everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is about a couple who goes on a yearly vacation with their friend group from college to one of their friend group's 
or one of their friends in the group's family cottage in Maine. Oh my gosh. Wait, I need to get this. I know. That's why I was like not telling you about it because I was excited to be like, it's in Maine. Whoa. But this year for them is different because they broke up six months ago, but they haven't told anybody in their friend group. The drama. So Shocked. I will be purchasing that tomorrow. Yeah, I should too. Wait a minute. Oh my God. Should we do a podcast book club? club? Yes. Okay. Everybody, drop what you're doing. You're already late. Again, like we said, you're already You're late. already a day late. We can't do everything for you. So we are going to be purchasing this book. And if you would like to read along with it, please do. We Yes. I Podcast Book Club. Podcast Book Club. It's happening. It's happening. Oh my god, guys, everybody, <laughs> griddle your loins. Griddle <laughs> <laughs> your loins. <laughs> We don't even know what to say. This is coming up off the fly right now that we're saying podcast book club, but it's happening. We literally just looked into each other's eyes and And we we both knew in that moment. Exactly. It's time. We've like thrown around the idea of doing a podcast book club for ever since we started podcasting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was like only like a month and a half ago, but whatever, whatever. It's been a while. We can pretend like it's been a long time. Exactly. But I think maybe let's do it slow. Let's say, I don't know, a month, two months. We'll, come up with, we'll, we'll post a date when yeah. we'll do a discussion episode and you guys yeah. can submit <gasps> your ideas, your Perfect. thoughts if you read along with us. Yeah, I love it. Amazing. Okay, cool. so that was the first things you might have missed. And then last week, so this isn't this week, but just pretend it's this week. <laughs> we got the first look at Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo in Wicked. The movie Wicked. Ooh. Okay, so I had heard that that was in production, but I honestly didn't even know that they were in it. So this is like what? brand new news to me. Oh my god! So da, 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 what you might have missed this week, Natalie, featuring Natalie because <laughs> featuring me because I missed everything apparently. Yeah, but yeah, so we got the first look of them. They both posted it on their Instagram, and it was on the Wicked Instagram. Ooh. So yeah, if you want to look it up right now, but so Wicked. Yeah, I will comes out it's going to be in two parts but so the first part comes out november 27th 2024 which when i first read it i read it as november 27th 2023 and i was so fucking excited i was like oh my god that's like seven months away but that's so annoying yeah it's an it's a while but so we got their first look at it and it's very dark and mysterious but there was a leak from the set of ariana grande singing in her glinda costume and she looks so good and she sounds so good okay so i know like not everybody likes erin Grande. whatever i'm not commenting on like whether she's good or bad or whatever but her voice is incredible like i think she's honestly one of the best vocalists alive right now like she's so good both of them cynthia arivo i think hold on cynthia arivo yeah, that's how I keep saying Arivo because I'm reading it fast. Arivo, her voice is incredible too. She's been on Broadway for a very long time and she Ooh. is, yeah, she is incredible. I'll have to look her up because I just don't know her. So I'll have to look her oh, up. You would recognize her. She's been in a lot actually too. What else has she been? I'm so bad with like celebrity names. I'm like, I'm really not the like celebrity 
guru out of the two of us. Like, I don't keep up with celebrities very much. I am the celebrity girl and the IMDb girl. But so yeah. did you ever watch um, Harriet, the movie Harriet about mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman? She was Harriet Tubman in that. She was in – I'm looking at her thing now. Oh, she was in Broad City. I forgot about that. Wait, she was in what? Broad City. What yeah, was she, she in in Broad City? The – what's it called? Do you remember – in the last seasons when Abby worked at Anthropology, It's okay. Why she was the manager of Anthropology. She was only in it for like three episodes, but... Mm. I'm totally blanking on that. She's done a lot in Broadway, but she oh, also cool. has... I'll have to look her up. You look up the video of them singing. Incredible. Oh, I can only imagine. So, last week, in honor of 420, a... Study was published on, of course, 420, Thursday, April 20th, in Current Biology by a group of researchers at University of Oregon, and they demonstrated that a common model organism, which were nematode worms, also have their appetites activated from cannabis. (laughs) That's so funny. Those worms also get munchies from smoking to reefer. That, oh, geez, I really am a boomer. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. What are the kids calling it these days? Probably not that. Whatever I said was not right. Pot, weed. I don't know. Yeah. So the group that was doing this study soaked the worms in a cannabinoid containing liquid and then put them Soaked them? Yeah, they soaked them. They didn't roll up little joints for them to smoke. They <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> were you expecting them to The worms just, like, were like- Take a puff and, like, (laughs) blow it in the worm's face. Like, what were you... The other worm is like, puff, puff, pass, bro. (laughs) Exactly. That's probably what you were expecting. But do worms not breathe? They gotta breathe. Hmm. They're a living thing. This brings up a lot of questions in my brain. I think worms breathe. Oh, please. Do worms breathe? I was just gonna look that up. Are you looking it up? We can both look it up. Yeah, brother. They need oxygen, but they don't have lungs. Oh. Oh. So they don't breathe. (laughs) So. Delete, delete, delete. So I guess (laughs) they don't breathe, but they do need oxygen, but it comes through their skin. But the point of it is, is that in order to get high, they have to get soaked in weed liquid. Exactly. So they took this weed liquid, put them in it. And then afterwards, they gave them an array of food choices. So basically, they made them choose between low and high quality food to see if they had the munchies. And? Pretty cool. Um, didn't get that far. Oh. <laughs> basically, they determined that they have munchies. And I mean, nice. the scientist said, she was like, you'll not see me using munchies at all. But, you know, the article said munchies because that's what they got. <laughs> that's so funny the, art- the scientist was like I will not use the scientifically incorrect term munchies and the article's like they got munchies but they got the munchies <laughs> so then okay finishing it out so Earth Day was this past Saturday on the 20th I believe it was was that was that Saturday yeah I think 420 and Earth Day are the same day every year nope no 22nd no it was on the 22nd Earth Day was on the 22nd. Oof. Scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> Delete. Delete. <laughs> so in honor of Earth Day, 
There have been a lot of new policies that have passed to protect the earth. So one that recently happened, it was like end of March, beginning of April, was a global treaty agreed upon to protect the world's largest habitat, which is what, sis? Great Barrier Reef. (laughs) (laughs) The rainforest. (laughs) Great Barrier Reef. I was like, why would I know this? The ocean. Oh, okay. I was close. I was like, ocean adjacent. <laughs> the ocean covers 95% of the world. Okay. Well, today we have learned that I'm not the, the celebrity person and I'm not the earth person. Okay. Yeah, you're like, okay, nerd. <laughs> As if I'm not like the video game and... As if behind you, you don't have a thousand video game memorabilia. <laughs> I'm not the nerd person. <laughs> I'm not the nerd person. So it protects the oceans of the world that lie outside of national borders. So the treaty establishes protected areas in the ocean similar to what you would think of national parks where fishing, mining, and dumping are prohibited. So that's pretty freaking cool. Nice. So as countries create more and more of these protected areas in the oceans, they're all going towards the bigger – so this is – this happened with the UN. And so they have a goal of 30 by 30, which is conserve at least 30% of all land and all water by 2030, which is a hey, lofty awesome. goal. It's awesome. Lofty goal. Yeah. So this is going towards that. So they're really hoping that once people start, people like nations start mm-hmm. actually making these protected ocean I was about to say lands, but ocean areas, (laughs) that it's going to go to that. So as of today, only 3 to 8% of the ocean is protected. So this is all great, but the UN still has to adopt the agreement, so the countries still have to ratify it. And what raises a question on this is how they're actually going to enforce this and how are are they actually going to make anybody do this, which is the question for almost everything. Well, the question, especially for almost anything through the UN, because they like don't really have any real power. Exactly. Yeah. But it's still cool. And there's a lot of other Mm -hmm. cool things that are going on. But I just wanted to highlight that one. So that's what you missed on Glee. I've literally been saying that all day when we've been talking (laughs) about our little what you missed. That's what you missed this week. Yeah. So for anybody who watched Glee, that's what you missed on Glee. So this week, I'm going to talk about the different shapes of cocktail glasses. And I was inspired because I went out to a bar on Friday. Oh, my God. She's crazy. Um, I didn't drink. I was a DD. Oh. And so I ate carrot cake while everybody else drank. <gasps> She's crazy. It was so good, though. Yeah, it did look really good. Yeah. So since I was the only sober one, I feel like I had a moment of clarity where I saw everybody else get uh, martinis and they were really drunk and were struggling to, like, not spill them. And I was like, why are martini glasses shaped that way? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I'll be like, why are you the way that you are? And you know yeah. what? We're going to find out. So our story actually starts. I feel like I always set this up by like, our story begins. I know. Make it sound like some grand, you're like, picturesque in Paris. Like we are sitting, <laughs> the wind is approximately 37 degrees. I have never said any of those words in my life. I always say... <laughs> Our story starts <laughs> with actually the champagne flute. <laughs> Cause what I have what I learned through this research process is that basically 
All cocktail glasses started out as champagne flutes that got okay. modified. So let's talk about the champagne flute. So when champagne was originally invented in the early 18th century, it was typically just drank out of like a regular wine glass that was like conical in shape and not very tall. The rumor is that the champagne goblet, which came first, which kind of looks like the glass you're drinking out of right now, but the champagne goblet came first and the rumor was that it was modeled after the bosom of Marie Antoinette. Oh, yeah, it was. Wait, so I'm drinking out of the bosom of Marie Antoinette right now? Yeah, it was shaped to look like her booby, and that's what like an original like champagne goblet was shaped like. Interesting. But the other rumor was that it was actually shaped after the booby of the Countess of Pompadour, an aristocratic aristocratic mistress of King Louis the Fifteenth. So either way, I'm drinking out of somebody's booby right now. Yeah, it was meant to be like you're drinking out of a boob. Which was, like, meant to be super, like, fancy and classy. You know what? I do feel fancy. So, in the 1750s in England, taller glasses were designed specifically for champagne. And they were designed to show off the bubbles and the foam. And that was called a flute à champagne, a.k.a. champagne flute. Mm. And so, that was actually invented in England, which I was kind of surprised about because champagne was invented in France. You would think that. The most iconic glass to drink champagne out of would have come from France, France, but it was actually invented in England. And the coupe remained the more popular shaped champagne glass until around the mid-1950s, which I thought was really interesting. So kind of the more wider brimmed, more round glass was more popular all the way through the 1950s. But by the 90s and 80s, coupes were hardly used for champagne anymore, and it was all flutes, baby. All flutes, baby. So that brings us to the martini glass. We made it. So I love this quote from Sipsmith, which is where I got a lot of my research. The martini simply wouldn't be the same without its accompanying iconic martini glass. That seductive silhouette, the thin stem, the conical top is now synonymous with sophistication, style, and a damn good drink. In America in the 1920s, gin really became the liquor of choice and martinis really exploded in popularity. Unfortunately, prohibition became the law of the land January 17th, 1920, and that didn't end until December 5th, 1933. That's how long prohibition was. I actually really right? didn't. I was like, shocked by that. 13 really, years. Yeah, wait, see, like the roaring 20s, you always think of everybody like drinking and stuff. Nope. And it's so funny that it's like gin gained popularity in the 20s when alcohol was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> And that's really when, like, martinis kind of became popular. And they popped off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess they did drink a lot then. It was just, like, because well, isn't it a thing that they, like, people drank even more during the Prohibition than when it was I legal? think so. Yeah. Maybe we'll do, like, a side episode on the Prohibition because I think that would be interesting. That would be interesting because I really don't know much about it. Me either. I just had to look up the dates because it was, like, gin becoming popular in the 1920s. So the rumor was that the martini glass shape was actually invented because it was easy to spill. And so if cops raided a speakeasy, everyone could just spill out their drinks really quick. That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, that makes sense because it really is just like, bloop, like. Yeah. You could literally just be like, Joop. I wasn't drinking anything. You'd be like, this whole thing? This is, this is just <laughs> This is a water cup. This is water, sir. What are you talking about? I'm just about? hydrated. Is it a crime to be hydrated? <laughs> is it a crime, as you're slurring your words, is it a crime to drink water? 
So the first time a martini glass was publicly displayed was at the International Exhibition of Modern Decorative and Industrial Arts that was in Paris in 1925. This exhibition actually is where the term Art Deco comes from mm-hmm. because it was held to showcase the style modern, um, which was the dominant style across all design disciplines in Europe from the architecture style to what? jewelry. Style modern? modern. Yeah, but it's modern? French. Modern. Oh, I thought you were just pronouncing it weird. And I was like, I'm going to say modern to help her out. (laughs) No, it's French. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, but I was trying to be French. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's where it was first displayed publicly. And so a little science behind the shape of the martini glass is that it has a long stem so that your hand isn't close to where the drink is so that it doesn't warm it up. Helps keep it cool. It also has a wide brim, which exposes the gin to air, which helps to open it up and makes its complex pilex more discernible than if it was in a narrower glass, which I think just means it helps the um, taste of the gin be better. I don't think there's anything that could help gin taste better, in my opinion. No, I'm not a fan of gin, honestly. Sorry, gin lovers. I hate gin. (laughs) The steeply sloping sides also help prevent the cocktail's ingredients from separating out. Interesting. So that's a little bit of why the martini glass is shaped in the most obnoxious shape ever. Fun fact, I want to become a martini lover. I order a martini all the time at restaurants because I'm like, I love martinis. (sighs) Alas, sometimes I really don't like them. I don't dislike them. (laughs) Like when I'm ordering them, I'm like, yeah, I can get into this if it's made like to how I like it. But if it's too much vermouth, Mm -hmm. terrible. I went through a phase where I was really trying to get into Cosmos. I love Cosmos. Because of Sex and the City. But I don't know. I'm just like, I'm a tequila girl. Like, I just don't, I I can't get into Cosmos either. No, it's Really? It's just vodka and like cranberry cranberry juice, juice, lime juice, and, and Cointreau. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I never really got into them. But I tried really hard because I used to love the show Sex and the City. And so I was like, yeah. I want to drink Cosmos. Like, when I turned 21, I was like, I'm going to drink Cosmos like Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, you and ordered a Cosmo from Big Al's and they were probably like, okay. <laughs> I think the first time I ordered one was actually when I was doing my summer internship. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was like an actually fancy place. And I was like, I'm going to get a Cosmo and be cool. And yeah, no. <laughs> I finished my drink, everybody. I didn't because I'm scared I'm going to get food poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next type of cup that we're going to talk about is the Nick and Nora. And so this glass got its name after a famous fictional movie couple. In 1934, the book The Thin Man by Daniel Hammett was published featuring characters Nick and Nora Charles. Nick was a stylish detective and Nora was his wealthy wife. Is this what Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist is based off of? Okay, that's what I was thinking at first, too, but I don't know if there's a connection. They might have just picked the same names, but... Yeah, because I was like, this, the, like, it's a detective and his, like, rich wife and they yeah. solve crimes together. That doesn't sound at all like Nick and Orv's infinite, infinite Playlist. I never watched the movie, but... I think it's just two teenagers who, like, like the same music. <laughs> I'm probably oversimplifying it, but... But yeah, so the same year, 1934... Or the book was turned into a film because it was so popular. And the film may hold the record for the most cocktails ever featured in a film. And 
The cocktails were all in a very recognizable shaped glass. And so the bartender, Dale DeGroff, later named that style glass the Nick and Nora. And so DeGroff ran the bar of the newly reopened Rainbow Room in 1987, where he developed a menu of classic and forgotten pre-prohibition cocktails. And he searched for glasses that kind of matched that vibe of like old timey cocktails. And he found himself inspired by the movie, The Thin Man. And so he sought out to get those glasses custom made to match the ones that were in the movie. And when he was making them, he like started calling them the Nick and Nora glasses, even though the style kind of changed from what was originally Mm -hmm. in the movie as he was developing them. They were heavily inspired by that movie. Oh, did you say what they looked like and I just wasn't listening? No, um, they're basically kind of like a coupe, but a little narrower. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll post pictures. Okay. So Audrey Saunders worked with DeGroff, and she was the one who ended up really showing the glasses around and introducing it to everyone, and she's kind of credited with the rising popularity of those glasses. She said, the glass really spoke to me personally in a way that other glassware that was typically used elsewhere at the time didn't. It was a welcome departure from the V-shaped cocktail glasses, which at that point had become generic and tired looking. So she's talking about martini glasses getting tired. So this was kind of like the replacement for martini glasses is like the hip new type of glass. This was like the late 80s. So, okay, yeah. So the design, scientifically speaking, is actually an improvement on the martini glass design because the longer stem like a martini glass still prevents the warming of the drink from the hand. But since it has a smaller rim circumference, it also keeps the drinks colder longer because there's less drink surface that's in contact with the air. So it kind of helps keep the drink colder longer. Saunders also said, having a tighter bowl with straighter sides than a traditional martini glass allows it to accentuate the aromas in aperitif cocktails off its more erect sidewalls, thus enhancing the overall flavor of a cocktail. So now into kind of like a weird bonus cup because when i was looking up those dip the history of like the martini glass those three glasses were all kind of talked about in the same history because they all relate to each other and were different kind of evolutions of each other but another kind of weird bit of history that i stumbled upon while i was looking up like stuff about the martini glass shape is high heels so in the late 19th century fans of moscow's Bolshoi Ballet were said to drink vodka from their favorite ballerina's satin slippers as like a compliment to the ballerina. As a compliment to them, aka like drinking their foot juice? Yeah. (laughs) I think it was like a way of, I don't even know, but it was just them saying like, you're my favorite, so I'm going to drink this vodka, like I'm going to cheers to you out of your own shoe. Here's to you. You know what? Next time I go to a Harry Styles concert, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to steal his shoe and be like, here's to you, Harry Styles. <laughs> My favorite artist. No, that's actually Taylor Swift. So if get it we straight, to, if we were going to Taylor Swift concert, that's what I would be doing. I don't think I could <laughs> as much as I love her. So around that same time, uh, the... Belle Epoque Perry. Oh, she's French. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Any French person who heard me say that would be like, they'd be like, we, we, stupid Americans. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was probably the worst French accent ever. But um, the Folies Berge, oh man, I can't say this. A cabaret, a group of cabaret dancers would serve slippers of champagne to their admirers. And um, a quote from the website High Heels Daily said, perhaps in those male dominated times, it was seen as a more appropriate way of showing respect than simply groveling at a dancer's feet. So it was like a way for men to like show that they loved these dancers without like demasculating themselves, I guess. They had to be tough and drink out of a shoe. To drink out of a shoe to serve their foot fetish. I guess so. Interesting. So, by the turn of the century, the practice had spread to America, and this practice was particularly popular at Chicago's Everlay Club, which was a brothel run by the Madame sisters, Ada and Mina Everlay. And so, when Prince Henry of Prussia came and visited, they threw a banquet in his honor. And the club's best dancer, Vidette, was on top of a mahogany dancing table, and she was dancing to the Blue Danube waltz, and her feet were flying higher each time, her legs meeting and parting like a pair of scissors possessed, when eventually one of her high heel slippers dislodged from her foot, flew across the room, hit a bottle of champagne, and the bottle of champagne spilled into her shoe. A man named Adolf told her, don't stop dancing, and he drank the champagne right from her heel. Prince Henry's entire entourage arose and yanked slippers off of the nearest girl to them and held it aloft and the waiters ran around filling them with champagne and everybody was drinking out of women's shoes at this party at this brothel. What the fuck? (laughs) And so that's the story that kind of spread around America about this like crazy party at this brothel where all the men were taking shoes off of the beautiful women around them and drinking champagne out of them. And it's probably a super exaggerated story that just, like, went viral at the time, even though viral wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> I don't even know what the equivalent word for that. I mean... I don't know. I was trying to think about it, and I was like, I can't think of anything. But, yeah, so then it became a trend. And so in his 1934 book, Come Into My Parlor, Charles Washburn said... In New York, millionaires were soon doing it publicly. At home parties, husbands were doing it. In back rooms, grocery clerks were doing it. In fact, everybody was doing it. It made a more lasting impression on a girl than carrying a picture in a watch. So it was meant to be like a huge compliment to a woman to drink champagne out of her shoe. I don't know what I would do if a man drank. One, I'd be like, you're ruining my shoe. I would be like, I'm never kissing you and you're ruining my shoe. (laughs) I'd be like, you're going to get fucking athlete's foot on your face. (laughs) Oh, not indicating that I have athlete's foot. (laughs) But who knows what other shoes he's been drinking out of. I mean, I also just, I can't imagine that back in, this was in the 30s. I can't imagine that in the 30s, people had the best hygiene true and so i just imagine that their shoes were probably putrid ew 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 ew. okay i don't want to talk about that anymore (laughs) um but the trend spread worldwide ukrainians would steal a bride's shoe to drink vodka out of to celebrate a wedding um german soldiers were said to drink beer from each other's boots to bring luck before battle and to celebrate a victory after it and Australians have employed the practice that they call a shoey, in which you slug cans of beer from Buddy's sneakers. 
(laughs) And uh, the trend pretty much died out in America in the 1950s. But there is kind of like a little leftover of it that in modern day American beer halls, you can have a beer stifles, a.k.a. Das Boot. Oh, yeah. Which like is a large yeah. glass shaped like a boot that holds yeah. several liters of beer. And that's oh, yeah, kind I've of like, those. yeah, a little remnant of drinking out of shoes. An homage. Was popular in the 30s to 50s. Wow. Yeah, really weird. That is weird. Really but weird. Very interesting. Very interesting yeah. little background on cocktail glasses because I've, I've honestly just like never even thought about it. It's kind of cool. I knew that like wine glasses had different shapes to depending on like the different types of wine, like white wine glasses have stems so that your hand doesn't warm them up. And like red wine glasses are more like circular and have a tighter rim so that the aromas kind of build up more. So you like sniff it as you drink. I didn't know you were such a wine connoisseur. I don't even like wine. It gives me heartburn. But I do know a little bit about the glasses. Back to being a boomer podcast because talking about oh. freaking heartburn. I just said heartburn. Heartburn. But yeah, I know that like champagne or not champagne, that wine glasses have like lots of different shapes and there's a lot of science behind like why you put different types of wine in different shaped glasses. And I figure there's probably a similar reason for cocktails, but yeah. There you go. There you have it. We learned it. Now we're on to hot takes. Ooh, I'm excited. So instill the theme with like drinks and cocktails and stuff. We're gonna I'm gonna be asking you a few like drinks slash like going out to eat etiquette kind of stuff. Ooh, so I got interesting. three I got three of these from I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but on the cut, they published like a modern etiquette list and basically a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it so we're gonna talk about it all right so for the first one they just kind of like have them in statements so the first one is for group dinners with friends always split the bill evenly no okay that's my opinion (laughs) i don't know it's i feel like especially with venmo existing that's just not necessary you can i think it's Definitely nice etiquette for one person if they can to pick up the bill so that it's less work for the waiter or waitress. And then everyone like Venmo them or I don't know, Venmo, like, you know, Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, whatever you use. But you can like keep a copy of the receipt and like figure out generally. And whenever I'm doing that, I always like to like if I'm the person who didn't pay and I'm Venmoing. Like, I always like to round up to, like, the nearest, mm-hmm. you know, if it was, like, ten I'll just Venmo 12 bucks or bucks. something. Yeah, oh, yeah, just, like, I don't know. I'll just round up a little to, like, yeah. make up for the fact that it's, like, like I call it the convenience free yeah, convenience <laughs> fee. <laughs> yeah. So, I agree. Like, with Venmo and Zelle now, just pay for what you got. Yeah. Because there's so many times where we'll go out to eat with like I'll go out to eat with my friends and I'll get a drink and other people didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting them to pay for my portion of my drink. Right. Just because I wanted to take a cool picture of it on Instagram or TikTok. Like I'm not going to make them pay for my portion, yeah. of it, you know. So her thing cuz I think what so I like pasted what they said in response to mm-hmm. it. So she said 
The worst part of any restaurant meal is the arrival of the check. The paranoia infects the table. Who got what and how many drinks? And are you a vegetarian and who whose card gets points where? There is an easy solution. Split the bill evenly. This is the cleanest, easiest, most moral method for restaurant dining, and you will not encounter half. But I I feel like, yes, if everybody got a similar thing, sure, it's probably pretty equal easy to do that or if everyone got like a similar thing yeah split it but if it's like a full meal I think everybody should pay their portion of it and I feel like it also depends on like your familiarity with everybody like if it's people you hang out with Mm -hmm. all the time then I feel like it's more acceptable to be like oh let's go through the bill and like tally up how Mm -hmm. much each person has and kind of like be more detailed about it because you're more comfortable with each other more comfortable about money like The longer Mm -hmm. you're friends with people, the more you kind of get a general feel for how much money they make. So, you know, like, you know, like just money becomes a more comfortable topic. But I feel like if it's like your first time hanging out with people, it could be more comfortable to just try to like split it evenly among everybody. But I don't know. I feel like that's such a douche move because it's like you don't ever want to screw someone over for like ordering what they want to eat and it's like if someone just happens to want to eat something that's less expensive than everybody else they shouldn't be punished for it they shouldn't be screwed for that yeah or if somebody just wanted to come for the vibes like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't like yeah i've definitely had times like that where i'm like well fuck i'm not gonna say anything now that it's already like the deed is done but it's just annoying and um i feel like too if you're throwing in multiple cards and telling the waitress or waiter to just like split it evenly among all the cards, I feel like if it's more than two cards and you're just splitting it down the middle, maybe three cards, I feel like that's kind of a jerk move too. It's like just have one person cover and have everyone else send the money. I don't think so. I actually think like, I would say max four cards. That's fine. Honestly, these days, it's very easy for a waiter to just be like, divide by four click it like, but you have to swipe the card print the receipts like put it together swipe the card print the receipts so four put it i think that's pretty easy honestly i don't i mean okay if you are a waiter or waitress send us your opinion i'm curious yeah that could to be me, very different i think two is the max for splitting it evenly and putting multiple cards in yeah i definitely think three or four Anything more than that, if you got anything more, it's like, no. Yeah, if you're putting in, like, five or six cards in, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So an addendum on that was also, but if you're drinking and I'm not, offer to pay the entire tip. Which I don't necessarily agree with either. Yeah, I don't know about that one either. Because I definitely have split stuff like that before where it's like, if I get a drink and the other person doesn't, I'll say let's split it evenly and I'll put the tip in. But it's usually like if I'm the one, like I'll always offer to pay more. Like I don't want to screw someone else over by like being like, okay, you pay the tip and all because you got a drink. You know what I mean? Like I, because then also say we both got full ass meals and one of them got like two drinks, the tip is probably not going to be. Like, it's 20% of it, mm-hmm. and two drinks is probably more than that. Yeah. So it's like the person who's drinking would get away with having less money being paid, and it just feels weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, just feel yeah, like you I never want to screw over your friends financially. No. Like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's weird. Basically, she was just saying, like, just offer it. Admit that you ordered a whole ass brook trout more than me on the check. It's all I ask, the acknowledgement. Plus, the entire tip is easy arithmetic. Nobody needs you to pull out the calculator function on your phone. I think that's aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I think just be normal about right? it. Like, why do you have to, like, and you don't need to, like, do this barter system? It's like most meal costs, like you said, like, just, or like we said, like, just round up. It's like, if your meal was like $14, just say 15 and like make it easy yeah. mental math and like add yeah. the convenience fee to your friend by, by <laughs> rounding up. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one, this is in reference to if you're going to somebody's like say house party or just going for like to a friend's house. If you bring food or drinks, you can't take it home with you. Hmm. I... What are your thoughts? I have thoughts on that. I guess I'm kind of like, I guess it depends on the situation. Like, usually it depends on how much leftovers there are. Like, if there's not much leftovers, I I almost always offer something a little bit to the host. Like, I'll say, like, do you want me to bag some of this up for you to keep? Or like, you know, but also when I host, sometimes it's like, I don't want a ton of shitty leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I could see that. If it's good, sure, maybe I'll take a little leftovers, but usually I'm like, get everything out of my house. Like, I just want to be able to clean. I'm like, take your stuff yeah. home with you. I don't want it. Like, don't leave your shit here. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So I would say I agree with this mostly because like, okay, I went to my friend's place on Saturday mm -hmm. and I brought a bottle of wine, fully expecting not to come back with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just brought a bottle of wine because that's just like, yeah. I feel like you're just bringing it. But also we did like a Friendsgiving thing and there was a shit ton of leftovers. So we just like divided it up. Yeah. And everybody took some because we had the time. I mean, That's that what was I like more is like you divide it up among people. Like if it's a smaller like dinner party or something, I feel like divide it, like offer everybody to take home a little bit mm -hmm. is better than dumping it all on the host. Yeah. And if it's a big amount, then that's where it gets tougher. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I would tend to agree that it's like if I'm coming with something, I'm not entirely expecting to like take it back. Yeah, agreed. Especially if it's yeah. like, a, like you said, like a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. So basically she just said it's a house gift. It stays. So mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So then one last question. I got this from a different website. It's not from the cut etiquette rules. It's from actually one of the websites you used, the mm -hmm. one of the drinking ones. So they said, is it rude to take a picture of a bartender while they make a showy drink? Ooh, this one, I actually read that one before I sent you. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I was like, I was curious because I was like, oh, I always take like videos of a drink being made if it's like something fun or if I'm at a cool place. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, no, am I being rude by doing that? I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think it's really hard because I don't think, like, just existing, you should, like, have to – like, now in, like, TikTok and mm -hmm. Instagram and stuff, like, people just take videos all the time. Yeah. I do it all the time, too. Like, I'm not saying I'm separate from that because I take TikTok videos all the time, but I really generally try to avoid taking, like, a right-on, like, video of somebody. I if try to like, avoid keeping their – like, like having their really face really identifiable. In it. Yeah. Yeah, and to be, like, really identifiable. If it's, like, a group of people, like, that's going to mm -hmm. be kind of hard to avoid. But if you're getting, like, a drink bartended for you, but say it's a really cool one, like, with, like, a flame and stuff, like, for that, I've taken a video of that, but it's just, like, their arm. Mm -hmm. I don't do 
the whole bartender, yeah. you know? Or if they're, like, really doing a flare of, like, shaking it in a fancy way, sometimes I'll take a mm-hmm. video of that, but I try to get it, I try to angle it so that their, like, face isn't in it, or, yeah. like, or sometimes I just, this might be wrong of me, but, like, sometimes I assume that if they're being very, like, have a lot of flair with how they're doing their cocktail, they're kind of doing it as a performance, and mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable taking, like, a video or a picture of that. Than like yeah. if someone's just preparing a drink, but if they're like yeah. tossing around the shaker and like really shaking it around a lot and like making it a little show, then I'll like take a video. But like I said, I'll try to like not get their face in it. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. That's mm-hmm. definitely hard now with TikTok and stuff. Because um, I agree. I mean, and his answer was basically pretty similar to says while taking a picture of the drink you ordered is totally fair game if your photo includes the bartender you should ask if they're cool with it first Mm -hmm. um which is also very intimidating i imagine for a lot of people can i take a video of you like (laughs) yeah that's probably like really embarrassing for a lot of people yeah um but yeah i mean he also was saying in his answer like the drink is showy for a reason Mm -hmm. they like the bar probably wants people to take pictures of it they want Mm -hmm. the what is it called like the recognition of it Mm -hmm. so it's okay to take a picture of it but then there's where flash comes in and i hate to say but i i (gasps) i do flash my friends are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like she does flash because i do i really don't try to do it like of anybody and if it's like a panning of the restaurant i won't do flash but if it's like at my table i'll probably do a flash on my food yeah, that is so embarrassing. I will not do a flash. I'm, I'm a no flash. I'm one just anti-flash in general, so I basically just never do a flash. Yeah. But especially in public, no flash. Yeah. It's embarrassing, but you know what? It's fine. I always tell myself when I do something embarrassing in public, I'm like, I'm never going to see these people again. Right? That's what I think all the time. I'm like, who cares? I used to get so embarrassed about things, and now I'm just like, whatever i think I there's really like care. a fine, see them. fine line though of like allowing yourself to not be embarrassed by things but then also like respecting other people being out in public oh for sure yeah so it's yeah. like i am always like oh i'm never gonna see these people again so i don't mind if i like do something embarrassing but then also like i try to be respectful of other people in public always be respectful yes. of people is it time for the outro i think it's time um let us know what you guys thought of this new format i thought yeah. it was pretty fun i think it was a lot of fun to do it this way i think so too and then oh just to clarify two of the format so since i did the deep dive this week caroline will be deep diving next week yes and we'll be so switching we're just off. splitting up yeah yeah we're switching off who's doing the what you missed this week and then the hot takes like i just did so yeah that's enough distractions for this week make sure to follow us on instagram at the easily distracted pod for more content picks and updates Also, let us know if you have any ideas for hot takes or topics that we could do a deep dive on. New episodes are posted every Wednesday, and until then, stay distracted.